Often about this time of year, old family stories begin to resurface. The ones that are told year after year, you probably know them in your family. Sometimes they're told with a bit, with a bit of sentimentalism or humor or even tears of wistfulness. We remember people we love but see no longer. We remember holidays past. We remember family members being much younger and perhaps smaller. And we remember those important touchstones in our family. My family is no different. And one of the favorite stories that we like to tell about this time of year happened on Christmas Eve, I think in 1983 or 1984. There's a little bit of debate about that. My mom, my two sisters and I had driven to Scottsdale, Arizona to visit my Aunt Margie and Uncle Eddie and some of our cousins. We had driven out from Southern California all day and had spent several days with them in the Arizona desert where they lived in the wintertime, escaping the snow and cold of Michigan. It was Christmas Eve and we were driving back across the desert, the I-10 to be exact, to meet my dad and spend a few days in the San Bernardino Mountains. It was mid-afternoon, but the shadows were lengthening on those shortest days of the year. And then we heard the noise. You know that noise you hear when you're driving in your car and your stomach suddenly gets tied in a knot? And at first you ask yourself, was that my car? Or maybe that was the car going past me. You look at your dashboard and nothing lights up. So you take a deep breath and think, must have been the car that I was passing. But then you hear the noise again, and you realize, oh, that's me. This happened to us, and the engine light began to glow, and we had to pull over to the shoulder, and our car had died. And of course, this was in a stretch of highway where there is nothing. And when I mean nothing, I actually mean nothing. Cactus, dirt, rocks. There was probably a Joshua tree out there that I wasn't aware of. The exits are about four to five miles apart on the highway because there is no reason to get off the road. There is nothing there. And remembering that this was 1983 or 1984, there are no cell phones. We have no way to contact anyone. So my mom is worried. We begin to think about what our plan is going to be. Do we walk to the closest call box? Remember those on the side of the highway? All four of us? Do we wait for someone to stop? Well, we decide at least to raise the hood of the car and see if someone will stop to help us. Maybe a good Samaritan. And we waited. In a little while, a red pickup truck stopped. The driver, the driver got out and offered to take my mom to the next gas station on the road where she could call my dad. But he said he only had one seat in his truck so that my sisters and I were gonna have to wait in the car until my mom got back. Needless to say, my mom did not think this was a good idea and said, no, thank you. I will not be leaving my children alone in a truck on the side of the highway. And so the driver left. We continued to wait. The sun was setting, it was beginning to get darker in the desert, and now we were starting to worry. We were wondering how my dad might be able to find us. We were wondering how cold it's going to get in the desert that night. 
And we were wondering if we were going to miss Christmas and Santa entirely. Well, at least my sisters and I were worried about this. And then we saw some car lights approaching slowly behind us. And they passed us and they parked in front of our car. A 60-ish year old man got out and asked if he could help. My mom explained that the car was not running and that we needed to get to a phone to call my dad to come and get us. And as we talked further, a plan was developed. They would drive us to the next phone, we could call my dad, and then they would drive us on to a meeting point that we would set up. Thinking back on this, I cannot tell you what kind of car it was that had stopped. In my child's brain, it was older and quite large. In fact, so big that my mom sat in the front seat with the couple and my sisters and I sat in the back. And in fact, their car was so full, as you can imagine at Christmas time, that we put our suitcases down on the seats and we sat on top of our suitcases. Uh, we wore our winter coats in the back seat because we found out that this couple had been driving straight from Kansas City. The driver had his window down to try to keep himself awake with the cool air. They said they were visiting their daughter and grandchildren in Southern California, but had not spent the night anywhere because they didn't have the extra money to stay in a hotel. They went on to tell us that they had actually driven past us and had seen the truck that had stopped. But as they passed, something told them to turn around. But this turnaround had taken a while because the exits were so far apart. In fact, it had almost taken them an extra 30 to 45 minutes to make that box to come back and get us. We drove on to San Bernardino, bouncing along slightly on top of the suitcases in the back, bundled up in our winter coats, so very thankful that these good Samaritans had stopped for us. We called my dad, we arrived at our meeting point, and they waited for my dad to arrive. They would not accept any kind of payment for gas or anything else, but rather just said they were happy that we were going to be home for Christmas. I remember that year we had Christmas Eve dinner at Jack in the Box, and it was delicious. <laughs> It was the only place that was open, and we were so grateful that we got to be together for Christmas Eve. This story is one of my family's favorites at this time of year, and I'm sure your family has a story probably very similar to it. One of my favorite parts of this story is the reminder that so often God arrives in our life in the most unusual of circumstances. For me, it's often those moments that I have encountered the divine in strangers, in circumstances, in places and faces that I'll probably never cross paths with again. And yet, these touches have stayed with me. These encounters remind me of God's love and how God is always calling us to come closer. That is truly what the mystery of Christmas is all about. As we hear the beloved story in our gospel today, God loves us to such immensity beyond our simple human understanding that God has given his son to be born of a woman in oppressed circumstances. 
a baby to be frail and vulnerable, to feel pain and sorrow and joy and laughter, to walk with us in human form and experience humanity in its fullest extent. The incarnation, the divine in human form is a gift. It's a mystery that we often pass by without even seeing it this time of year. So busy at Christmas time with all the things that we have to do that this miracle, this good news of great joy, the birth of a baby goes unnoticed. Much like our car on the side of the highway that Christmas Eve many years ago, many cars and trucks just whiz right past us. But what does it look like to stop and experience this mystery of Christmas? To revel in the gift of a Messiah, the love that God wanted to be closer to us and come to us in human form. What might it look like for you in your life to come close to this great mystery? God loves you so much that God wants to be near you to walk on the earth in human form, to experience human life with you, with us. That is the mystery of Christmas. Amen.